news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll give them a call. Visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show lined up for you today. We're going to visit with uh, William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. We'll be talking about the Biden experience here for the first week. We'll also visit with Tom O'Reardon. He's the president of the Naples Ferrari Club. Big event coming up. It's uh, uh, Cars on 5th uh, in the beginning of February. Renee Ralph is the co she's such an interesting life. She's the co-founder of Choice Social, a new social media platform. We'll find out about that, as well as Dave Bigo. He's the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. It is January the 22nd on this day in 1973, Roe v. Wade, the landmark Supreme Court decision that established a woman's right, a legal right, to an abortion, was decided. The court ruled in a 7-2 decision that a woman's right to choose an abortion was protected by the privacy rights guaranteed by the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. The legal precedent for the decision was rooted in the 1965 case of Griswold v. Connecticut, which established the right to privacy involving medical procedures. Despite opponents' characterization of the decision, it was not the first time the abortion became a legal procedure in the United States. For most of the country's first 100 years, abortion as we know it today was not a criminal offense. In the 1700s and early 1800s, the word abortion referred only to the termination of a pregnancy after quickening, the time which the fetus had make noticeable movements. The induced ending of a pregnancy before this point did not even have a name, but not because it was uncommon. Women in the 1700s often took drugs to end their unwanted pregnancies. In 1827, though, Illinois passed a law that made the use of abortion drugs punishable by up to three years in prison. Although other states followed the Illinois example, advertising for female monthly pills, as they were known, was still common through the middle of the 19th century. Abortion itself only became a serious criminal offense in the period between 1860 and 1880, and the criminalization of abortion did not result from moral outrage. The roots of the new law came from the newly established Physicians' Trade Organization, the American Medical Association, Doctors decided that abortion practitioners were unwanted competition and went about eliminating that competition. The Catholic Church joined the doctors in condemning the practice. Interesting history, huh? By the turn of the century, all the states had laws against abortion, but for the most part, they were rarely enforced and women with money had no problem terminating pregnancies if they wished. It wasn't until the late 1930s that abortion laws were enforced. Subsequent crackdowns led to a reform movement that succeeded in lifting abortion restrictions in California and New York even before the Supreme Court decision in Roe v. Wade. So interesting. Don't even know that that was constitutional, that decision. It's none of the uh, Supreme Court's business or the federal government's business, quite frankly, in my opinion. But in, in, my, in a perfect world, uh, there would be no abortions and uh, because we just need to raise our children right, quite frankly and have the, pro the appropriate values. But uh, that's not the case right now. And, of course, uh, you can imagine Planned Parenthood is pretty excited about a new Biden presidency. Well, the fellow, uh, Florida Department of Health reported 197 new COVID-19 cases and four additional deaths in Collier County with COVID-19, as they say. Collier's a moving seven-day average for new cases is 153 through Wednesday. Thursday, there were 117 uh, patients in COVID, with COVID in uh, Collier County hospitals with plenty of room. Still, uh, I'm guessing hospitals would like a little bit more business. So uh, right now, the, the, uh, the curve has flattened, as they say. And, of course, there's also some evidence that perhaps the curve of new cases is flattening as well. And I'm talking nationwide. Well, this week, Governor DeSantis celebrated a great milestone as Florida ranked number one among all 50 states and vaccinating seniors. Florida has not only become the only state to vaccinate more than 500,000 people over 65, but it's also one of the three states that have passed 1 million vaccinations. Florida remains steadfast in our commitment to putting seniors first, and the numbers speak for themselves, said the governor. 
adding that the numbers speak for themselves. Florida was the first state in the union to prioritize seniors, and because of its seniors' first strategy, it's believed that Florida is the reason why federal government recommends senior prioritizing. Unlike most states, Florida is partnered up with Publix in an effort to distribute the vaccines. As a result, 242 public stores in 18 counties can legally administer the vaccine. In addition, some 4,000 long-term care facilities have already assist, been assisted in vaccinating their residents by the state. Pretty impressive record. And by the way, if you're concerned about vaccine, one place to go is go to Publix.com. You'll be able to find a location near you here in Collier County. I think we've got 14 different stores that are uh, providing vaccinations for seniors over the age of 65. President Joe Biden signed a multitude of executive orders from the Oval Office on Thursday where he was asked if a reporter, if a goal of one million vaccines given a day in the U.S. was too low, White House pool reporter asked, is that high enough? Shouldn't you set the goal higher? That's basically where the U.S. is right now, he asked the president. When I announced it, all you said, it was, it was not possible. Come on, give me a break, man. It's a good start, Biden said, intoning his 1960s-era catchphrase. Give me a break, said the president. Well, media was agog on Thursday morning with announcements that Biden administration was forced to start a from-scratch with a vaccine rollout plan, but it turns out that the Trump administration's vaccine rollout plan was delivering nearly one million doses per day anyhow. I mean, how could they... He's trying to pretend that nothing was going on. Well, we had a, a great Operation Warp Speed, all kinds of things going on, delivery of these... Uh, Doses across the country to governors to dispense it as they uh, wish. I guess Biden wasn't aware of that. By the way, mask wearing isn't a partisan issue. It's a patriotic act that can save countless of lives, tweets Biden. That's why I signed an executive order today issuing a mask mandate on federal property. It's time to mask up, America, said President Biden in his tweet. Uh, this uh, order, by the way, lasts for 100 days and applies on federal property and on airlines, trains, and transit systems. Traveling between states, Biden's previously attacked the President Donald Trump for not wearing a mask, saying he was an absolute fool for not wearing his mask. Within hours of signing the order, Biden visited the Lincoln Memorial and addressed the media, all of whom were wearing masks, while he continued not to wear a mask. In other words, he, does, he doesn't walk the walk. He just signs the orders and goes about his business, irrespective. He doesn't pay attention to what he's just decided. Well, all National Guard troops were told to vacate the Capitol and nearby congressional buildings on Thursday and set up mobile command centers outside the nearby hotels. Uh, another guardsman confirmed they were told to take their rest breaks during the 12-hour shifts outside in the parking garages. Guardsmen who spoke with Politico were not given a clear reason why they were asked to vacate the buildings. The first guardsman said it may have been due to a complaint that some troops were not wearing masks, but he denied that was the case. We have strict guidance that masks are to be worn at all times unless soldiers are eating and drinking, said the guardsman. So they're there in 38 degrees, sleeping on the uh, garage floor with no cots. Just unbelievable. By the way, why are they there? They got 25,000 guardsmen. Nobody showed up in Washington, D.C. What's going on? I have no idea why. Uh, this is happening, unless it's just a, an attempt to, a visual to de de uh, demonstrate strength. Maybe that's it. Well, during the first day in office, Joe Biden killed around 50,000 American jobs and cut billions of dollars in wages as the country continues to struggle with staggering unemployment caused by the coronavirus pandemic. Republicans from Alaska to Washington have already called Biden's administration agenda into question after he pulled the brakes on major sources for American energy. He rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement, putting the United States back in a position to exercise global leadership, that according to Jen Psaki, and advancing the objectives of ambitious agreement. Yeah, well, I think uh, basically by sh shutting down the pipeline and uh, signing the Paris Accord, uh, you know, it's kind of a hedge against American greatness, isn't it? This whole agenda so far seems to be uh, tearing America down, not building it up. Well, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo didn't use diplomatic language when he said on the last day in office that his left-wing wokeness and multiculturalism doesn't represent who America is. He said wokeism, multiculturalism, all these isms, they're not who American is. They distort our glorious founding and what this country is all about. 
Our enemies stoke their divisions because they know that, we, that they make us weaker, he, he tweeted. And then he wasn't finished. Censorship, wokeness, political correctness at all points in one direction, authoritarianism cloaked as moral righteousness. We need more of the straightforward denunciations of woke culture, which is a threat to free speech. We look forward to uh, following uh, to Pompeo. Might be a potential 2024 presidential candidate. We'll see how that all turns out. A lot of water under the bridge between now and 2024. Well, a 1776 commission identity politics is false history. One of Trump's last administrative acts was to release the report of that from its 1776 commission, a body convened to counter the New York Times-inspired 1619 project. The effort is promoted uh, by leftists, the 1619 project, who believe America's history actually began as evil country uh, uh, with the introduction of slavery on the continent. In 1619, first slaves arrived in Jamestown, Massachusetts. Well, of course, that's a crock, and this 45-page document torches the destructive scholarship that indoctrinates students with a false history of slavery. In any event, it was posted, completed, uh, actually, on Martin Luther Day, uh, King Day. It was posted on the presidential web- website. Well, guess what? It was taken down uh, on within the first hour of the Biden presidency. I guess he wants that 1619 nonsense uh, project to continue incredible he's again biden has a a hedge against a great economy a hedge against american greatness this uh, segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at johnson's air conditioning naples longest established air conditioning company visit johnsonsairconditioning.com also by life in naples magazine be in the know and stay up to date by reading life in naples life in naples.net is the website Coming up, we're going to visit with William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here in the uh, show. Uh, hearing the uh, St. Matthew's House 
commercial reminds me of Lulu Bees. The Holacek Foundation supports the St. Matthew's Foundation, St. Matthew's House, in a great way. Lulu Bees Diner. I'm going there this morning after the show and uh, having a great breakfast. They serve breakfast and lunch at the Green Tree Shopping Center. I hope you visit Lulu Bees Diner. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Tom Reardon. He's the president of the Naples Ferrari Club. Right now, we have with us William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure, William. And tell us about the Cato Institute. You bet. Uh, We're a think tank here in Washington, D.C., and we're dedicated to advancing the ideals of a free society at every level of government. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. So, William, let's talk a little bit about the inauguration and uh, what... (laughs) What Biden is calling measures to rebuild our nation. My goodness, I'm calling it the uh, hedge against American greatness is what I see. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, I, I thought there was, a, as you hint at with the question, a pretty dramatic difference between word and deed. And, and by that I meant um, in his inauguration speech, Biden preached unity. And of, of course, that is something I support. I mean, that is, about, I think, a on many Fridays, I've expressed that, that sentiment regarding contemporary American politics, the, right. the need for greater unity. Um, however, at the same time, I, I wonder whether or not, as a general matter, his party got the message. Um, you know, there's a, a move to impeach the former President Trump, um, which doesn't really strike me as, as a call, you know, regardless of whether or not it's necessary, isn't a, an act of unity. And um, there's also sort of this effort to brand 74 million Americans as insurrectionists. Yeah. Um, certainly on the media and amongst, I guess, many high-profile politicians. So I don't think any of that is in the spirit of unity. And to get directly to, to his deeds, to Biden's deeds, his day one agenda, as you said, his avowed purpose was to start the rebuild of our nation. And, and that's a pretty darn broad mandate. Right. Um, and he rolled out a number of policies, including the cancellation of, of the Keystone Pipeline, or in essence the cancellation by virtue of the revocation of an executive permit for it, um, the sexual orientation regulations for schools, um, the suspension of, of permitting for oil and gas operations in federal waters, he proposed a $1.9 trillion COVID bill that has a bailout for, for all these cities and states that have been guilty of fiscal mismanagement for decades. Um, and none of this stuff is in the spirit of unity. None of this stuff is in the middle. This is, in essence, a progressive wish list. And it seemingly ignores, again, the 74.2 million people who voted the other way. Yeah. Um, so it, it's... I, 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 I bemoan that. I, I, I applaud the the call for unity, but if it's not backed by actual actions that advance unity, then I, I kind of don't, uh, I, it's never terribly impressive when words don't match deep. Well, it's, it's kind of saying, look, shut up and do what we say, <laughs> is what the cheating message is. Yes, <laughs> there's not even an acknowledgement of, of the, that, that there's another side. Um, so it, it's uh, it's been sort of dizzying this past two days. I, I did not expect this. I did not. The Trump administration was very chaotic, and he didn't have people in place for months, and they weren't rolling out policies really for for you know a half a year. Um, here we're seeing these drastic swings, literally within the first ten minutes of his swearing in. And again, as you said, it's, it's, it's sort of this attitude of shut up and take it. Um, yeah. there's, there's not much of an acknowledgement that this is a closely divided nation when it comes to politics. No, you're certainly... Hey, just to back up for a second, we've seen 25,000 troops there in, the, in Washington, D.C. How What's going on? Why are they there, and how long are they going to stay? It, uh, I hope not much. As I understand it now, they're in a Senate parking lot. Yeah. Um, but it's been awful. As a citizen, my wife had a baby on Tuesday. We had a blessed event. Our son came into the world, our second son. On the way home from the hospital, we got caught in a traffic jam because abruptly they had set up roadblocks all the way across the city. And this was uh, eight days before the inauguration. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's been, it, the city's been on a total lockdown. I, I see troops everywhere. We're a mile and a half south of the Capitol. I'll note this, not to in any way diminish what occurred on January 6th. But when all that was happening, I walked to the 7-Eleven 
and walked back. Uh, you know, we live a mile and a half uh, southwest of the Capitol. That is to say, it, it was a terrible, terrible event, but I, there was a, uh, I would argue, as a citizen of the city, um, a pretty darn big overreaction the last eight days by yeah. the total lockdown and militarization of the city. And I'll say this, gosh, my kid hasn't been in school in 10 months. If this city could put the effort and the resources into locking itself down and having troops everywhere that it did into, uh, or it could put similar resources into getting the schools open as it did to this inauguration lockdown, um, then perhaps my life would have been a lot easier the last yeah. 10 months. So I worry about our priorities. Yeah, I mean, the president seems to be out of it. I mean, he uh, writes a mask mandate for our first 100 days in federal property, then goes out on a property without a mask. (laughs) (laughs) Again, this divergence of words and deeds. And and, then is uh, Pisaki, Jen Pisaki says, well, he was celebrating. (laughs) What a a bozo. And then, you know, uh, and and then the whole uh, thing with the, uh, with the, the saying we're gonna, well, there's no plan in place, and we're gonna develop a plan to get out a million doses. And uh, one of the reporters raises her hand, so you know, sir, we already have about nine hundred thousand doses going out. And said, why are you so low? Why just a million? And he says, hey, cut me a break. You, <laughs> <laughs> the aforementioned Jen Spassky, the the AP reporter who asked that question of Biden, persisted. And it was actually, as it was the most recent data available, so two or three days ago, it was 1.6 million doses. So wow. it was even above the 900,000, which I think was an average for the, for the last uh, 28 days. Yeah. Um, and she, in essence, lied through her teeth. I mean, it, it was, and, you know, it was, again, divergence between wards and deeds. One of the first things Jen Psaski, the, the new White House press secretary, did was say, I'm not going to lie to you. I think she told four whoppers, confirmed whoppers, uh, you know, on day one. Yeah. Uh, um, I just I, I worry about, um, well, you know, frankly, I worry about the future of the country when we've got sort of, again, leaders who are saying one thing and doing another. Well, not only that, but the, the, the uh, intent to create visuals to somehow support the narrative of uh, this this administration, which is basically uh, the people on the right are extremists. They are uh, domestic terrorists. I guess is the new phrase. If you don't if you don't get on board, you're a domestic terrorist. It's kind of the the language right now. And then all this obfuscation of uh, what the reality of hey, you know, getting rid of the 1776 project, the first hour in office is just abysmal. That's such a it's so disappointing. Well, indeed, and so I'll, I'll, I'll plead ignorance with respect to the, what the 1776 Commission, their final report, but I'll say this. What does it mean when his day one, you know, hour one priority is whatever this 1776 Commission? I mean, don't we have bigger fish to fry as yeah. a nation right now? Um, so, you know, regardless of the substance of that commission, I would just say, um, come on, is that really a day one matter? Yeah. Um, I say back to uh, President Biden, come on, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. Again, William, I just appreciate your commentary so much. Again, a hedge against American greatness seems to be this administration's mission right now. I genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Again, a, a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Tom Reardon. He's the president of the Naples Ferrari Club. We're going to be talking about the event coming up uh, Cars on 5th, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. 
Blue Provence French restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Gulf Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Renee Rolf. She is the co-founder of Choice Social New. Um, social media platform. Right now we have with us Tom O'Reardon. He's the president of the Naples Ferrari Club. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, Tom. Tell us about the uh, Naples Ferrari Club. Well, Naples Ferrari Club is the largest chapter of the uh, Ferrari Club of America. The Ferrari Club of America is the largest uh, group of owners in the world. We represent about 40% of the membership worldwide, wow. uh, about 7,000 members total, and uh, our chapter here is, is the largest one in the world, part of the largest region in the world, which is Florida. Wow, that's outstanding. Uh, so, Tom, uh, we have this. Uh, you're going to be sponsoring or presenting the 17th annual uh, Cars on 5th event benefiting St. Matthew's House. Uh, maybe you could tell us about it. Sure. This is actually the largest one-day event in Naples. Uh, we've been 17 years, uh, not always on 5th Avenue, but most of the, I think we've 15 years on 5th Avenue. We have about 607, uh, or at least last count, <laughs> great cars coming to uh, to Fifth Avenue and all the side streets, uh, including some vintage Ferraris. I think we have 150 Ferraris this year, great muscle cars, uh, Porsches, Alphas, uh, classics, etc., and uh, so also a great uh, selection of supercars. Uh, and we do this to raise money for St. Matthew's House. As you know, St. Matthew's House uh, provides the only emergency shelter in, in uh, Collier County. They house about 300 families every night. Um, they, since COVID hit, uh, they, they were you know, serving about 400 meals from their mobile pantries. Now they're serving 15,000 meals per month. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the CARES Act uh, money that they had ran out at the end, for that purpose anyway, ran out at the end of... Uh, December. They're hopeful for some more, but it makes the, the you know the show. This is their largest fundraising event. It makes the show that much more important uh, for them because of uh, the, their activities around COVID. Yeah. Well, first of all, St. Matthew's House uh, and first, absolutely no government funding whatsoever for uh, St. Matthew's House, except for the money as you mentioned that goes to all uh, corporations because of COVID. But irrespective, they don't take the uh, other. Otherwise, they don't take government money. And uh, this is a big, big deal. They do great work, uh, not, not only providing for uh, hunger, but also homelessness, substance abuse, poverty, addressing all kinds of issues. And I would say also with big accountability, what, what, when they do anything with people, they help them get, get back on their feet. They don't give them a handout. They give them a hand up and help people uh, get back on their feet and, re and resume their lives as successful citizens. So, uh, again, St. Matthew's House, it's stmatthewshouse.org is the website. And uh, for this event, it's, you could go to stmatthewshouse.org slash cars2021. Now, I must say, uh, Tom, I've been to the event. It is astounding. I mean, the streets are closed off, and it's just amazing to see uh, the array of, uh, I'm going to guess, cars worth, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
Yeah, we have a couple of cars coming this year, Bob. One's probably worth about $50 million. Wow. <laughs> uh, one of the rarest Ferraris in the world. Uh, uh, in fact, probably several others worth in the many, many millions of dollars in the Ferrari classification. We have a great McLaren coming. So we really do attract uh, some some really, really good cars um, and uh, and all for a good cause. It's a be- always a beautiful day and in the Fifth Avenue, Naples. Absolutely. So give us the details. I think, what is it, February the 5th, on Friday, February the 5th? Yeah, the event's kind of morphed into a uh, you know, sort of like a car week east. We're starting on uh, Thursday night. Actually, we have a Jetport reception. Last year was the inaugural one. It came off very, very well. It's at the Naples airport. Uh, Friday, we have a very small curated auction, something we've been looking to do. And I think we have about 30 cars that will be in the auction, very eclectic group. And then the show itself is Saturday, the concourse, uh, from 10 to 4. Um, and so, so some people come in early. Officially, it starts at 10, but you can come in earlier if you choose. Uh, you know, one thing, we're very mindful of COVID this year. So we're, we're our, our ticket this year, instead of having a wristband, you get a, you get a Cars on Fifth mask that if you're in the show walking around, we require you to wear it for obvious reasons. Yeah. And, uh we do understand some people can't wear a mask. We just encourage you, you know, maybe wait until next year. Uh, we run this every year. Um, so uh, we'll have, you know, taking people's temperatures on the way in, uh, and, and we'll limit the crowd. I mean, we, we can't go as, you know, as many people we've had in the past. We're still discussing with yeah. the city and some of the other officials on what that number should be, but uh, it will be less than we've had in the past, so people should Sign up early. All right. And, and again, uh, there's a registration fee. Of course, we're raising money for St. Matthew's House. And I understand there's going to be an auction. Yeah, there's actually, I, I guess I would call it two auctions. We have a um, uh, an auction online that has a uh, one, one of our sponsors is Jetit. They're the Honda Jet people where they sell fractional time on Jetits. But they donated four hours of flight time that people can bid on. Wow. Take your friends or family or uh, customers uh, someplace on a, on a jet, and uh, it usually raises a fair amount of money. Obviously, it all goes to St. Matthew's House. Uh, they also have a beautiful, uh, I think it's a Persian rug on there. It's worth about $35,000 that someone donated, wow. um, one of the rarest types of its kind, apparently. Uh, so that's an auction that's online that you can bid on. And then on Friday, you have the autom- autom- automobile auction, which, again, is about thirty curated cars the catalog we're still putting it up on the cars that'll be in there but you can go on the st matthew's house website and and find that as well okay so all this information is on stmatthewshouse.org yes and you can also find it on the cars on fifth.com it's uh, fifth uh, spelled out f-i-f-t-h uh so we have the same information that's on the cars on fifth.com website so I can't, just can't encourage our listeners enough to make sure you take advantage of this wonderful opportunity. Not only are you raising money uh, for a great organization, St. Matthew's House, but again, it's not a gala. You don't have to sit there and listen to some long talks and that kind of thing. It's really a fun event, and uh, you can, again, with, say, with all safety precautions in place, but again, stmatthewshouse.org or Cars on Fifth. Is that dot, dot .com or, or dot .org? Cars on Fifth. Dot .com. CarsOnFifth.com. Tom, I just really appreciate the efforts that you're putting forth as president of the uh, Naples Ferrari Club to uh, to make this thing happen. And I just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, we appreciate the time. Thanks, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Renee Rolf. Uh, Renee is a, a very interesting woman. She's got a really interesting background. Uh, she wrote a book. I've been a while since I read the book, but uh, now she is uh, written. Uh, created uh, a co she is the co-founder of choice social i've checked that it's really kind of fun i posted a few things on it we're going to find out about that and more right here in the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network stay tuned for more of the bob harden show here on the bob harden broadcasting network
Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598 598- 3889, that's 598 3889, or send an email to bobharden at hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598 3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And the review of Love Letters just appeared in the Naples Daily News, starring Maureen Silliman and William Pare. It's a fantastic performance by these two actors. I hope you get tickets by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. Right now we have with us Renee Relf. She is the co-founder of Choice Social. Renee, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Bob, thank you for having me. My Always pl- great to be on your show. Thank you, Renee. So, you know, here we are with uh, suppression of free speech. We're seeing what's happening on Twitter and Facebook, kicking the president off and so forth. And it's, it's kind of scary stuff right now. And uh, yeah, what I've discovered is you've created something that's pretty special right here on the Paradise Coast. It's called Choice Social. Maybe you can tell us about it. I would love to. You know, I saw an article just yesterday uh, where Elon Musk was talking about you know, how frightening it is that our, we're losing our freedom of speech through these tech giants. Yeah. And, and there was an interesting quote. It said that we're supposed to be, we as platforms, um, monitoring or censoring hate speech. But what has happened, <clears throat> excuse me, is the tech giants are actually monitoring speech or censoring speech that they hate. And that, I think, is the most frightening of where we are in, in the world of social and in media altogether today. So I'll just take you back. Seven years ago, I was frustrated with social media. I didn't like the ads or the algorithms. I didn't like forced content. Mm-hmm. Like I'd, I'd search for something on the internet, and then suddenly ads appeared in my newsfeed. And then they changed the chronological event, and I'm kind of a, a woman of order, and, and that disturbed me. And so people always say, well, put your money where your mouth is. And so we said, you know what, we could create a better social experience. So we did. We wanted to make sure that everything was chronological, and we made sure that it was easy to share your photos. We created stories because we thought, you know, we're storytellers. If you look at anyone's phone, they got either thousands or tens of thousands of images on their phone, and and we think pictures tell a story. And Mm -hmm. so we wanted to create a social platform where you could add to your story over time and and really create albums on a social network where if I picked up on your vacation midway through it on Facebook, for example, I wouldn't have seen your whole story. But Mm -hmm. on on Choice Social, you actually can, it it goes both vertically and horizontally. So you can go back and see the pictures that you missed without sort of doing a, what I call camera roulette. Yes. So we, we set out to do that. We did it seven years ago and we had to create an alternative monetization method. And I think that's what makes us really special today. 
And how does that work? So we said instead of advertising, because when you advertise, then you are beholden to the advertisers. Yep. And that's where uh, social media has gone sort of sideways. And so what we did was we said, well, let's turn the, the uh, content creators loose and let them monetize their audiences. So if you have a podcast or a radio show like you do, and you want to have a better connection with your audience and have their, um, them, you could say pay $2 a month to support your uh, radio show and they would get, you know, some special behind the scenes moments, what it's like to start the show. And they would see things that they might not see anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And it gives instead of pennies on the dollar, which they're getting if they're on YouTube and they have more than 10,000 fans, if they had a, a, if a, a photography business or um, they were exercise specialists and they wanted to do videos where they could offer it to their fans. It, it, it just gives every digital content creator that has an audience an opportunity to monetize. And, yeah. and we've got all kinds, everything from marriage counselors to photographers to Wild Bill, the Deadliest Catch, Heather Land. It's just people that have really great content we've just been trained for the last decade to give everything away for free and we just didn't think that that was the right thing to do well of course it's not free you're giving away your identity you're giving away all your personal information (laughs) you know when you're not paying for it the product is you so that's what exactly that's what's happening on social media and so i think this is refreshing let's have it up front you go ahead and pay for it and uh, then the, the result is that if you can monetize it, go ahead and monetize it, but you're not going to be inundated with, uh, uh, with uh, all kinds of ads. So what about... And new- we, don't, we don't even collect data, Bob. Which so is we r- don't collect data on you, and we don't collect any metadata on your photos. Interesting. So, Like, you know, where you were and what you were doing. <clears throat> so is there a news feed? Or in other words, uh, can you uh, find out about, about the news of the day, or is this kind of banner back and forth yes. that you find on Twitter, or well, is this pretty much to your own no. personal audience? You get to choose. <clears throat> Pardon me. And that's the part that we think is most important. That's the no-force content. So if you got on Choice Social, and the only person you followed was me, your news feed would have nothing but me in it. Mm-hmm. If you said, oh, I just want to follow some news, you could go to Explore and pick the different news items that you'd want in your news feed. If you didn't want to follow them anymore, you just unfollow them. And so I I want to just clarify, the app is free. Mm -hmm. The social portion, pardon me, is free. The only thing is that if you choose to subscribe to somebody who's offering premium content, that also is added into your news feed. So it's not a fractured experience. So... Like if I decided that I wanted to go over and watch um, something that was on its own app, they created it, and I had to go sign up on their app to watch their premium content. What we did was say we think that you should have one feed that has everything in it, so both free and premium. Both your social and your premium content are delivered into one feed, which we think is just Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I will say I went to uh, the, the App Store. Now, I have Apple products uh, now. So I went to the App Store and uh, chose uh, Choice Social, came right up. I was able to get on, and uh, it really is fun looking at all the pictures and looking at all the uh, information there. I've posted a couple things and trying to figure out what my format's going to be because I intend to use Choice Social. So uh, what, what do I do? Do I uh, upload my audience, for example, or how, how, do, we, how do I get an audience uh, on the show? It's just like you would do on any other social platform. <clears throat> you have to invite your friends to join you. And mm-hmm. I think that Parler, although that was sad what has happened, I'm sure he'll be back. Um, he just, it's the viral effect. Everybody has to invite their friends because although everybody is looking for a new social platform because they recognize that uh, where they are, is not, um, I, w- I won't, well, I won't say dangerous, but th- there are things that you are sacrificing for the freedom of speech and, and the things that you're sharing. But I would say that um, it's, it's really important to invite your friends. Yeah. Because you want to have your community. And then other people, as you begin to have product or you know, put your content on Choice Social, then people will discover you because we have you know sort of an explore page where things that you might be interested in yeah you'll pop up there and then they can follow you as well what i really appreciate so invite your friends yeah what i appreciate <laughs> is of course uh, i i know you from from uh 
from now, how many years has this been? So many years. Oh my God, 20 probably. <laughs> I had no idea that you had this uh, this project running. So it was, it's really kind of cool. I like the fact that it's, it's born, developed. Uh, it's uh, right here on the Paradise Coast. And it, it has all the features that we've talked about so far, which is uh, no ads. Uh, it's uh, no selling of your personal information. No, sh And uh, you know what? It's, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a place where nobody's going to be censored. Nobody's, unless you, of course, hate speech or something like that. But uh, nevertheless, right. it's it's a, it's a terrific idea. So I'm going to recommend to our listeners go to Choice Social on the App Store. Just pick up uh, Choice. If you don't have an Apple product, how do you how do you get to uh, Choice Social? Google Play. We're on we're on all the platforms. So whatever your phone's App Store is, you can download the app. It's it's all one word: Choice Social, and uh, it's also available on. The Mac. So if you have an Apple product, you can also get it on your desktop. Renee uh, Ralph, again, uh, developer, uh, co-founder of Choice Social. Renee, I just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, yeah. indeed. Uh, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dave Bigo. Dave is the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. doorstep. It's uh, the story of the travails of dealing with SEIU union bosses over the course of two and a half years. Uh, they wanted him to sign a neutrality agreement, which would have allowed them to go to his employees and sign them up in the union once they got 50% plus one. Voila, he's unionized. Of course, they use dirty tricks and tactics in order to do that. He said, well, you can unionize my shop if you go use secret ballot, private ballot. Uh, they refused to do that. Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think that? Well, I have no idea. Probably because they know they have nothing to offer, offer the employees. So uh, they had this story that, uh, again, he wrote about, and it's you just can't believe the dirty tricks that were involved. So we're going to have Dave on the show. Dave Beagle, we're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government does and provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. GulfShorePlayhouse.org is the website. We have with us Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. We told you about the story of dealing with union bosses from SEIU over the course of two and a half years. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure, Dave. And uh, let me just first question. Uh, do you see anything going on with the unions uh, with this new administration? Yeah, they're they're behind uh, some of the things that Biden's having done, you know, overturned, putting the new labor guy in, the mayor from Boston, who was part of uh, unions and actually was uh, um, um, at one time found that he was um, taking funds from the unions and he, he did some things illegally and stuff like that. Huh. That's the type of person they're in charge of the National Labor Relations Board. And they're always already talking about going back to card check, which is what the SEIU tried to do against me and my company and all the major cleaning companies across the country by having us sign a neutrality agreement that takes away the secret ballot election and goes to card check where they get a bare majority to sign union cards, 50% plus one, and you're automatically union. 
and facilitate that, you have to give a list of all your employees and their home addresses so they can go to their homes and intimidate them and sign the cards. And this is the type of thing that's coming back. I just so sad. I, just in the first few days of this Biden administration, I've uh, referred to it as a hedge against American greatness is what is going on. I mean, it's it was so refreshing to see the things that President Donald Trump was putting in place. And right now we're seeing attempts with the executive order to dismantle the good work that he's done. Uh, and I, I ask myself, who's it benefiting? It's certainly not benefiting the American. It's almost like he's rubbing uh, our noses in uh, his agenda. Yeah, well, this is this Bob. This is as I've talked about all many, many times on your program. This is all about control, and um, they don't really know. You know, Joe Biden. You know, he didn't work in the in the uh, free market. Uh, you know, very long and very much at all. And uh, all they know is politics, and they just want to make money through politics. So the way to do that is to turn us into a socialist country. And that's what their agenda is. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Uh, this freshman representative, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's filed articles of impeachment Thursday against President Biden for the, his first day as in office, as she promised she would do. Well, she said, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but, you know, I think she's got a real case because this uh, during when he was vice president, he literally sold influence with the son, uh, Hunter Biden. And, uh, I mean, the case, he's actually under criminal indictment in uh, – Ukraine for uh, for for his actions. I mean, I'm I'm just really pleased that this is happening. We'll see what what happens. Yeah, I hope they keep it up. And um, but uh, you know, with all the executive orders that he signed yesterday and that um, he's uh, they're trying to uh, totally reverse everything that Trump did. And, uh, uh, and of course, they said Trump's economy was terrible and all that kind of stuff. They're <laughs> continuing their efforts to tear him down and. Uh, and they're not telling the American people the truth. They like to talk out of both sides of the mouth, and um, they're just—they just don't tell the truth. Well, I mean, it's—it's it, it's not going to be easy to uh, dismantle the the things that Trump put in place in terms of environmental regulations. But you know, you just take a look at these fifteen. Uh, executive orders that he signed on the very first day and there's 23 of them apparently up as of now but uh, i don't know if you're aware but he, he actually took down the uh, 1776 commission which uh, uh came re redid the 1619 project history lessons that they that had been developed and it's it's just it's very concerning because of what's going on in our public schools yeah it is well they that's how they control us. I mean, they've been controlling the uh, education system for probably 30 or 40 years, and they've brainwashed kids in that by telling them uh, things that aren't true mm -hmm. and uh, pushing them towards uh, socialism and communism by saying, you know, you, you'll get all this free and all this. But uh, as I said on your show before, too, people just need to look at Venezuela. And, you know, it was one of the most, uh, it was the, the most profitable uh country in south america for many years mm -hmm. until it was taken over by socialist communists and now you got more poor people there than just about anywhere and it didn't take long to did it i mean they took the country from being uh, i think the second most prosperous country in the world uh, frankly uh, uh behind the united states took it from that position which is i think that was in the early 1900s to a position right now where it's just a thug running the country. People are uh, losing weight. They don't have food. They're scavenging trash in order to find something to eat. It's just horrible. Well, yeah, and they live in, you know, boxes and everything else. And uh, it's, it's sad, but, you know, the, uh, um, the government's happy because, um, you know, they take all the money for themselves and they're living the way they want to and they do what they want to do. And uh, they don't have to worry about politics uh, and, and being thrown out in a voting system. So this is what this is all about. These people just want to stay in power and have the money to put in their own pocketbook. Well, I, I'm afraid you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's pretty sad right now. But uh, we're talking about the immediate cessation of the, uh, the pipeline that's to be built. to, uh, And, of course, once they stop that, now you're going to have to start trucking oil 
which is going to, uh, or railroads using railroad cars, is going to be, quote unquote, in terms of the uh, pollution in the economy, which, by the way, is a big joke. The whole notion of the carbon dioxide is a problem in, in the atmosphere is a, is a joke. But that said, uh, now they're going to try and wind down the XL pipeline. They're going to uh, cut off uh, development of uh, oil and public lands. It's uh, it, it, We're going to end up having higher energy prices, lose jobs. I think so, I read someplace like 50,000 jobs are going to be lost immediately because of this, and union jobs, by the way. It's, yeah, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah, it is. It is, and um, and uh, even the union people, and and you know, Bob, I've talked to you before. I got right to work pass here in Indiana, and I got it passed in Michigan. And in Michigan, uh, the reason I got up there to do it is because um, uh, United Auto Workers, uh, who worked at a Ford facility, they read my book and uh, they heard about how I got uh, right to work pass in Indiana. And they called me up there. They sat and talked to me, and they said, Dave, please help us get right to work pass up here because we're tired of these union bosses and how they control us, and they use money for their own agenda instead of taking care of us. Mm -hmm. And this is what the American people need to wake wake up to. Yeah. I wonder if it's too late. I hope not. I don't think so. I mean, but here's my, here's my biggest concern is I don't think Biden will be president very long. I think um kamala will step up uh, and uh, behind, behind the scenes i think obama and and the left are going to make all the decisions and that's it's like all these executive orders yesterday you know darn well that he didn't sound right all those so, some of the far left and uh socialist communists wrote these things up so they can start taking down this country yeah I, I, I'm just appalled, with, I'm, I'm repeating this, and I apologize to my listeners, but I'm just appalled by the fact that he says he comes into office, he says, you know what, there's no plan in place at all to distribute uh, the vaccines. No plan whatsoever. So he, he develops a goal, we're going to have a million uh, uh, vaccines dev distributed each week. And <laughs> reporter raises their hand and says, well, we've already got 914,000 being distributed <laughs> Before he came in office, he said, oh, my gosh. He, he didn't even know what was going on. Oh, yeah. This is just right the way I are. Um, they, go, they go out, and I've been through this. They just go out and speak what they want to speak and say what they want to say. And, um, you know, a lot of time, most of the time, they don't even have the details of the, of the numbers to really support what they're saying. And, you know, I did um, uh, speeches with them, debates. Um, I was always able in a professional way to expose what they were saying was not true. And after my third debate, they just bowed their heads and walked out and they wouldn't debate me anymore. Yeah. And this is what Trump should have done instead of being uh, so aggressive and uh, unprofessional in the way he handled some of these debates and, you know, his comments on Twitter and other things. Yeah. Well, it's hard to second-guess President Trump because I'll tell you what, he accomplished a lot in four years. It was amazing. And in the, in the face of all kinds of resistance, it was just unbelievable. And I think he fought the good fight to the very end. I just really appreciate what he did for America. And un unfortunately, uh, we're seeing uh, Biden trying to dismantle it uh, piece by piece. It's so unfortunate. Yeah, it is. It really is. But again, I, I think uh, probably... Uh, done much better if he just would have been a little more professional in how he presented it. Yeah, but I'm, okay? I'm, I'm I'm quite certain you're you're. There's no question he's a narcissist. There's no question he has his warts and pimples. I mean, we all see that. But uh, and I think it it really the people just who did not like him they hated him. So that was the uh, deep state just resisted so much uh, uh, Trump and his style and the, his way of doing things. But irrespective of his style, well, he certainly got a lot done for us. I mean, Barack Obama, man, he was smooth, a smooth talker. But he, you know, he had his ladder leaning against the wrong wall when it comes to making America great. That's exactly right. And Trump did do a great job. Um, I, uh, I just wish he'd have been that. And, you know, I, I had talked to some of his uh, administrative people and that told him to get him to settle down. He did settle down some. Yep. He did um, in the last part of the election, but it wasn't enough. Well, anyhow, we the the, uh, the it goes on. We'll see how this all plays out. But I want our listeners to go to your website, uh, thedevilatourdoorstep.com. You can get a copy of the book there. You can also get a copy on my website at a nice discount. 
uh, bobharden.com, and of course at any book purveyor. Although I encourage you not to use Amazon. <laughs> Dave, I genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you, and uh, have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Dave. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Join us Monday. We're going to visit with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We usually have somewhat of a pillow fight because he's from the left. We'll also visit with Larry Reed. He's a, a professor emeritus from the Foundation for Economic Education. And Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of several books. Uh, if you have any comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day and weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>